I remember feeling not great that I was doing that job because I was like, I'm a journalist. I've done such cool stuff. I've like photographed the final four. Like I've, I should be doing way cooler stuff than this. I was like, I'm working in retail, like with girls that may not even have gone to college or something. And, and that sounds bad, like of me to say, but like that kind of stuff runs through your mind when you graduate from college and you don't have a job lined up, you know? And you're like, I just need to make money and I need to start getting moving on my life. But like, I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so that, that whole year is exactly how I felt. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing up the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, they're a diddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part two in the two-part Lively Marketing Series. In part one, we went through hour by hour a day in Aaron Hampton's life as a marketing assistant for Lively. In this episode, we'll take you through Aaron's career journey so you know what skills and experience are necessary to land a job as a marketing assistant. Wanting to break into the fashion industry, Aaron decided after working in the field of print journalism in college that the daily hustle wasn't for her. So she packed her bags and moved to New York City to break out into the fashion industry. Let's learn how she paved her own career path so you can too. What did you want to be when you were growing up? What was your childhood dream? Huh, that's so, there's been so many. I wanted to be a singer actually my whole life. And then eventually I realized, I was like, oh, okay, like what, what do real careers look like? <laughs> quote unquote, from my parents, quote unquote. Bring it in, bring um, it down. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what can I do? What can I major in? I've always been great at writing. I always loved my AP English literature classes. And so I was like, oh, hey, I'm a writer. What does that mean? I like to tell stories. And I was like, journalism. So I was like, I want to be a journalist when I grow up. And more so thinking in the fashion realm, I thought that I was going to like write for Vogue or something like that. Mm. Devil Wears Prada. I was like, I would deal with that. I would do it. <laughs> Erin went to Michigan State University and studied journalism with a specialization in design, but the passion for her specialization came about later on in college through her classes and extracurriculars. I think it was like halfway through my freshman year, I was like, how can I take more photography classes so I can merge these two things um, and have both both skills? And so I was like, how can I take more photo classes without being like a photo major or something? And they were like, oh, specialize in design. And I was like, great. So I took all of my photo classes there. And then I was like, I love this. And later I started working for our paper and they put me on as a photographer. And then that's where I really started to get more of my experience in photo. Erin also took the opportunity to study abroad after her freshman year. She studied fashion and portrait photography in places like Prague, Paris, London, Rome, and Arles, France. So, like I said, once I really started getting into photo, it was a photography study abroad. So it was really, really amazing because we were allowed to have a different project every single country that we went to. Um, And it had to be something that we came up with on our own that exemplified the culture in some way. So, like, in Prague, we had to talk about architecture, but you had to even narrow in on a story there. But, yeah, it just really taught me how to have a great eye. um, And that's really where I learned how to shoot. Do you recommend... uh kids definitely go abroad yeah yeah it was like the catapult into like wow I can actually do anything 
Like I, I came back so confident after that because I was like, wow, I've seen the world. I know how different people live. It really gave me a different perspective on even like American society. And like, you know, everyone comes back from study abroad and they're like, I've seen the world. And like, <laughs> I was definitely one of those girls. <laughs> That's so great. My sister and brother were probably so annoyed with me. When she came back from her study abroad program, she wanted to get more journalism experience under her belt. So she joined the school paper. I applied to be a photographer. They make you go out and shoot a couple things and like uh, you do an interview, but then you also have to give them a portfolio, which I did not have anything good at the time (laughs) at all. Um, But I did do that. I shot some things for them and then they signed me on as a photographer, which I was just like over the moon for that. And um, I think I did that for about a semester or yeah, I think it was about a semester or two maybe. Um, And I just was shooting and learning how to do that. And wow, I remember I had an editor... (laughs) Julia she was our photo editor at the time and she was amazing like I just thought everything that she shot was incredible but then eventually she left and I can't remember why she left but she she was like you know what like I need a I need a photo editor now because I'm leaving and you're gonna be it I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) that's how that goes Yeah, yeah I know so I did that for a year and it was a daily paper so it was that was super super challenging it's like having to hire kind of a whole new team myself and interview them all and having to send them out on stories and like schedule all of that and make sure we had to fill every single part of the paper. And if a story fell through or if a photographer didn't capture something the right way, or if the photos didn't come out or it was too dark, then you had to like go out and like just find a story or it was, it was very, very stressful. It came down to the last minute a lot. Wow. <laughs> so any photographers listening, what tips would you give them in terms of like their survival guide, I guess, in terms of like getting out and um, finding the story. I think the number one thing I always tell people is like when you're going into a story situation, you can get kind of overwhelmed or like you think that you see something and then you're like, oh, I miss it. I keep missing it. Like I keep missing the moment because you're trying to get this candid photo. It's like be patient and like be okay with being a fly on the wall and like people not knowing like who you are. You want to be invisible and like set yourself up for success and just like, you're like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to get close to that person. So I'm gonna take out my photo, telephoto lens. I'm gonna sit over here and I'm gonna wait in this spot until I get the right photo. Like don't be like, oh, it didn't work. And then just walk away because then you're gonna go to your editor and they're gonna be like, you didn't get it. And be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't wait long enough. She was getting a lot of awesome experience working with the school paper, but she didn't have any real internships under her belt at this point yet. She was a junior about to become a senior, and her professor recommended she apply for a scholarship program that got her her first internship. And I think that he knew I was looking for an internship, too, because, you know, as a college student, that becomes the biggest stress of your life. Like people say, like, you're not going to do anything if you don't get an internship. Like, that's just it. And I was freaking out at that point because other people were getting internships and I hadn't gotten one yet. But he told me to apply for this scholarship called the Chips Quinn Scholarship. They took a bunch of students from all over the country and then took us to Nashville. And we were in Nashville, Tennessee on the Vanderbilt campus for about a week. And we learned how to do all these really awesome multimedia stories. And so um, they taught us how to be successful at our internships. And then they sent us back out all over the country. And then we had to work at a random paper and be their intern. And Awesome. So that the first internship was at the Oakland Press, right? Yes, okay. which is actually back in Detroit, which was cool. They they let me go back there because I think I requested that because oh, I, cool. I needed to be there. It was incredible. It was really, really good. It was paid internship, which is really awesome. A lot of the time you can't get that. Yeah. And I was writing stories all the time. They were putting them on the front page a lot, which was, which was very, very encouraging. And um, a lot of my mentors there and my boss there were just very encouraging and let me kind of have my own lead way and let me pick my own stories a lot of the time and it was definitely my first taste of like 
I had the paper at Michigan State, but this was my first experience in real life where I was like, I'm actively a journalist. I'm responsible for like bringing in good content because I need to fill a story. Can you talk about your most coveted front page story that you're the most proud of? There was definitely this invasive weed story, which sounds so silly. <laughs> but I grew up like in a, marijuana? Like like, like, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, gotcha. That'd be cool too. That would be cool. that would be super cool too. No, <laughs> no. This was I grew up in a lake town, so um, when there's an invasive weeds species that's crowding the that's changing the ecosystem and totally ruining all the fish and um, and people can't get their boats around and it's ruining property value and things. It's a big story because people are very, very upset. They don't know how to fix it. They've been trying to get rid of this invasive weed. And so, yeah, that was, I wrote like a pretty long form story on that. And just the interview process took a really long time actually. And I met up a few times and interviewed the guys over and over again. And it just took a long time for me to build the details out of that story and get all the facts. Um, and I really felt like I just was really proud of that because it took a really long time and I'm not a science-y type of person at all. So um, so I was happy that I could write about something, too, that I knew nothing about. But I just had to work hard to get the information. Graduation rolls around, and Erin was set to graduate credit-wise, but didn't have a job lined up just yet. Not only was that giving her anxiety, but she wasn't sure what she wanted to do after realizing journalism was not her thing. She moved from Michigan to Atlanta to be with her family, and the job hunt began. Let's talk about graduation. What were yeah. you feeling? Bring us through your sentiments. That's your a great question. Yeah. So I was definitely feeling anxiety on one level and not on another. So my family lived um, in Atlanta at this time because they just moved to Atlanta while I was in uh, in college. And so I knew I was like, I'm, am I going to move there? Am I going to stay here? Should I be looking for jobs here? My parents were trying to help me get jobs at places that I actually wasn't interested in at all um I think my dad was trying to get me a job at Blue Cross Blue Shield and I I remember I remember having a lot of anxiety about that too saying like should you be denying opportunities when you don't have anything interesting okay um and I think that 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 was definitely a struggle for me because I was I was like I know that I'm not meant to do that and I know that that would actually bog me down and not um get me off focus of what I what I know I could truly do um as a career and be passionate about it and so I was telling my dad like no no and I did in a Skype interview but I kind of that solidified even more that I knew I wouldn't be interested and yeah and so that that caused me a lot of anxiety actually um because everybody has jobs lined up at that point some people are moving um with jobs lined up some people are staying in state um people are giving you their opinions on whether or not you need to stay in state like oh stay near your family or we can hook you up or like um, my uncle so-and-so knows someone versus people you hear about people moving to New York and going to go work for Vogue. That's very extreme. <laughs> but the, in my mind, this is what I'm thinking about. I'm like, where do I fall on this line? And like, what do I have to compromise on? Um, right. Yeah. And then also at that point, you were working, you know, at the paper and you had realized that you didn't really like print journalism anymore yeah. right so there was also that added anxiety too yeah so that that was a huge part of it um I loved the paper sports journalism was a huge thing that I that I got to do in taking photos for Michigan State and I was doing really well at that and um I traveled a little bit for that too and so when my mom saw that and that was a big part of my portfolio like I made a little website and um most of my good photos that I felt like actually I was confident showing to somebody were sports photos so my mom was like you should do that like Absolutely. Like that. That's fun. That's not even like the print daily general news grind. Like that sounds really fun. And still in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
yeah, it was, but like, I don't want to do that. Like, and it was, it was so hard because I, I just had no idea. I was like, well, if you don't want to do that, then like, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to find it? Do you have any connections in any other industry? Like, no. Um, so that was, that was a hard realization coming to that after my internship at the Oakland Press and finally wrapping up the state news because I found a lot of success in that area. But I didn't, I wasn't passionate about it as a day-to-day career. And that's why experience really is everything. And school is not going to teach you everything. And you need to just get out and try and just do it in the field because you'll never, you'll never really know. And I, and I immediately was hit like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. You just didn't like the, the daily grind. Did you not like yeah, the you really, work-life balance, I guess? It, it was that. And it was also like actually what you are doing, um, where you're more of a public servant as a journalist. You're supposed to sacrifice yourself for the good of the people to tell them what's actually happening in the story. So it's not as ethical, actually, as I thought it was in, in the journalism world, which was also kind of like a little lie. They sell you a little bit in school. <laughs> Um, little white lie. Totally it's not completely like that. that. Um, but yeah, you know, it, I was a little bit like, oh, the rug was pulled <laughs> me a little <laughs> bit in that area. But I also realized I was a creative and I liked to I like to insert myself into my writing. And even in copywriting, you can do a little bit of that. Even if you're writing for a brand, you can still have some sort of voice and some sort of like tag. It's like that. That's me. Like, that's the way that and I there write. wouldn't be any backlash. Exactly. Yeah. And while you can do that a little bit in journalism, you really do. It's about the facts at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's about like it's about the story and it's about making sure it's told in a way that people can understand that it's palpable. And I I actually just wasn't. It sounds terrible. It makes me sound like I'm not like a good person. But I was like, I don't I don't want to do that. So after graduation, Erin stuck to her guns and kept applying to jobs that she felt passionate about. But there was no such luck in the job department just yet. That's when she got a writing internship at Euphoria magazine. I was like, I need to get a job. I need to do something. I I have no idea. I was applying to a few places, but wasn't really hearing back. And that's, I think, where Euphoria comes in a little bit. But I was just like, okay, I'll just take an internship. Like, I'll do anything. Like, I need to do some kind of writing work. And hopefully in fashion. Because by that point, I was like, I am interested in fashion. That would be cool. I did a lot of sitting at the house, applying to anything anything and everything and not hearing back from a lot of places and euphoria eventually did get back to me and was like yeah we'll let you write for our like little indie music magazine and they were in new york so i thought that was pretty cool and i was like okay yeah i'll I'll write for you guys from atlanta um and they weren't gonna pay me it wasn't gonna be anything if if, to me i was like i'm building my portfolio so yeah so (laughs) which i mean what you got to do sometimes like people need to see that you can write in in Mm -hmm. the style or whatever that they need you to write in so i started doing that and writing about a post for them a week. Okay. About yeah. music. About music. What about kind of music? Um, upcoming like underground artists that people hadn't really heard about. So they might have like just dropped a track or um, just dropped an EP or something like that. Um, or a music video and then I would have to review it. And so that Euphoria actually was very helpful in having me realize that I'm talented in this area. I do care about this area, but I have to be able to put some of my own voice and creative mind into it. Can you talk about your move from Atlanta yes. to New York? Oh, so where are ways in New York? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. There's a whole oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, ooh. yeah. All right. <laughs> Taking steps back this here. This is a long story, right. guys. ATL to NYC. Yes. Let's talk about it. Oh man. So this is yeah. So this is the time where not getting any bites. Don't know what's going on. Writing for Euphoria. Um, doing a little bit of photography freelance work. Nothing really major. And I was working at Michael Kors and in Lenox Mall, like just like trying to make money, but also like oh, I'm working around clothes. Like great. I remember feeling not great that I was 
doing that job because I was like, I'm a journalist. I've done such cool stuff. I've like photographed the final four. Like I've, I should be doing way cooler stuff than this. I was like, I'm working in retail, like with girls that may not even have gone to college or something. And, and that sounds bad like of me to say but like that kind of stuff runs through your mind when you graduate from college and you don't have a job lined up you know and you're like I just need to make money and I need to start getting moving on my life but like I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be and so that that whole year is exactly how I felt and working at Michael Kors making money meeting people but you know I'm from Michigan also feeling a little bit out of place there because I'm not a southern girl and so yeah that I was like but I do want to move to New York at some point I just need a change a shift this girl that I was working with Kiera who are still best friends now she was working at Michael Kors with me and she was like I think I'm gonna move to New York in January and I think that this is like November <laughs> and I was I was like you know what I'm coming with you I need a roommate <laughs> and she she's like you're moving to New York and I was like I am yes I was like I think I really I, I have been thinking about moving to New York but the moment that she told me she was moving I was like that's it like I was like, I, I like you. I think that we can have a good time like in New York. And I was like, I need a roommate. I didn't know anyone in New York. I have no family or anything like that. So I was like, the least thing I need is just like a girl I know, you know. Um, and so she was like, sure. I mean, if you can like swing it. I don't think she really believed me in the beginning <laughs> when I said it. And um, and my mom didn't either. And everybody thought it was a little bit crazy when I was like, yeah, I'm moving to New York for sure. Like whenever I have enough money and I can strategic do this in a smart way, like it's going down. So that being said, I didn't actually end up moving until May, but okay. I did move and we ended up getting an apartment together in May, like cool. when I got there. Yeah. And that was that was just a crazy random decision. My mom thought I was just going to go stay for the summer. Did all those people brushing you off, like did that motivate you? Yeah. <laughs> I had such a piece about moving there and knowing that I need to be there that when other people were like, no, oh, it doesn't really make sense. And my mom is so supportive, um, but she was very much saying I know people that have done that before, people that just randomly move. And, you know, if you go there, stay for three months and realize you can't afford your rent, like, it's okay, you can come home. Like, And, and she was not in a um, condescending way, but just genuinely trying to prepare me and say, like, hey, if you fall on your face, like, you can always, like, come back. Um, and I was like, um, yeah, I'm not going to, though. And I'm like, I just remember being so confident. And I was just walking around like, yeah, no, nope, I'm going to be fine. I didn't even have a job lined up. I was like, I can probably transfer to a Michael Kors store there. I was just like, yeah, whatever. And she, so she gets on a plane with me to go check out apartments, I think about like three months before I get there. I walked into the Michael Kors store on Fifth Avenue. And I was just like, I need to transfer here. And then like linked up with the <laughs> with the manager. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and so then they, awesome. And they were like, yeah, cool. And they transferred Sounds me. <laughs> Gotta do what you gotta do. Gotta though. do what you gotta do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um so that's how I ended up going there and being able to pay my rent. So Erin is in New York working at Michael Kors on Fifth Avenue when she got the opportunity to intern at Wearaway, which meant working sixty plus hours a week. I'm working at Michael Kors, kind of hating it. Um <laughs> And I'm like, I need to, I came here to do things like I came here to get into fashion, really. It's like what I'm, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to do that. That's that's the way, like whether it's writing for um, a fashion magazine or something. I was like, I just know that I want to be in that realm and this is the place to do it. So I was applying everywhere, trying to get internships. I was applying at like Louis Vuitton and like places like that, not hearing anything, nothing from people. I'm just like. This is, this is like a year and a half now or no a year it's like a full year of just rejection I'm just like okay no one no one wants me I'm not talented okay um and I my friend is like oh angel list like just go on angel list there's like startups looking for interns all the time and I was like oh okay great so I go home I apply to a lot of places on angel list and actually none of them get back to me except for wear away and wear away 
long story short is they're like a wardrobe and company for um, stylists to take like really high-end clothing and use them for like their editorials um, shoots or like runway or anything like that. Um, and it was a very new business that actually came out of Parsons, which was very interesting. So Fifth Avenue and 20th Street and then Parsons right down the street from each other. So I was like, great, I can work full time at Michael Kors and still pay my rent and then run down to Wear Away and then do my internship there and just run back and forth. I think I was working like 60 hours a week. Oof. Yeah. But it was necessary though, right? I mean, yeah, like, I that's was in a you... hustle mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, this is like do or die. I'm not, I was like, I'm not going home. I know that I have a reason to be here. I was like, I know that I, like something's going to bite, something's going to work. I just have to figure this out. And she figured it out all right. After working for free at her past internship, she got enough experience under her belt to land her first job as a digital marketing coordinator at Ringley, a jewelry startup at the time. I just knew I needed experience more than anything in the world. And I was just like, that's that's just what I need. Like, I was, I was at this point where I was like, I will do anything to break into the fashion industry. I was like, I don't care. So I, yeah, six months working free. I was like their top intern, which basically like, I was basically like their biggest, like full-time almost employee. <laughs> um, but yeah, so did that for like six months. So then I started applying for jobs after I was like, I was at this job for six months. That's a lot of experience, in my opinion. Like, totally. it's been a long time. So I started applying for places, and I did get a couple bites after that, which I was okay. like, yes, amazing. And I'm working at Michael Kors at this point. I'm just so over it, too. I'm just like, I, can't, I have to get out of here. Um, and I got, man, I can't remember the one place that I went to, but I was basically going between Ringley and this other fashion, um, fashion place. So a little bit clothing for older women that are like high executives one for older women was definitely not my vibe at all didn't have that new york vibe i just was like no i don't think this is right and i was also uh interviewing at ringley and ringley's a jewelry tech startup and so i was like that's kind of interesting kind of different so i went into i had it was like a three interview process with a project the project for ringley where they didn't really know what my experience was yet. So they needed to kind of know what I could yep. do. And they had me plan out um, a social media like calendar with images and possible captions and all that kind of stuff. And then they also had me submit writing pieces. I had to submit some stuff from Euphoria, which came in, came in handy. Um, yeah, they just wanted to get a sense for my voice. So I had to, yeah, I had to do that whole plan out. I think I had to do a deck too of like a strategy of, um, like I think I had to do like a mini marketing strategy. I think for them, like they gave me, I can't remember exactly what the project was, but they wanted me specifically to be like, this is what we're, this is the objective. Give us a plan for how you're going to get there. And it took a long time, but eventually they hired me and I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. And that was a step up. That was more pay than when I was making up Michael Kors as well, too. Oh, cool. um, and it wasn't a lot. I would think I was making 45. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, I'm getting paid. I can like pay my rent. Great. <laughs> totally. Um, so I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. So there was, you know, a whole year span of you kind of looking for jobs, not getting many bites, and you were getting tired at Michael Kors. In this interview process, looking back, since this was your first real big girl job, do you think that you negotiated for yourself mm. as best as you could in that moment just because of, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures? Yeah, I know that. That's great. I was definitely desperate, so I did not at all. And I, looking back at that, I absolutely would have. And my mom is like a business executive woman, and I think that she even gave me that advice, and I was too scared. <laughs> yeah. I was I was way too scared to ask. Cause I, I just wanted the job so bad, and I was so happy. And I didn't show that in my interview. I didn't seem desperate in the way that I spoke to people, and, and I never wanted to give off that mentality. But if they gave me an offer, I was like, 
for it. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't even care if they had um, which they did, but I didn't even care if they had like health benefits or anything like that. I was just like, I just wanted it. So if you were to be able to time travel back, what would you have requested or come back with? Do you oh, think? Yeah, I would have at least asked for like five thousand more for yeah. sure. Yeah, I. Cause that just doesn't that for honestly for a company that's just not that big of a stretch whether you're a startup or not um and i think that they probably would have would have done it um and i think that would have helped me significantly when you're oh, when you're yeah. not making that much money in new york an extra five thousand dollars it's like game changing seriously yeah erin yeah. was at ringley for a couple of months before she got wind from her bosses that the startup was about to go under my boss liked me so much and still shout out to her. She's amazing. Um, and she was like, hey, this is happening. Like, here's a heads up. Start looking for other positions and oh, I'm going to help you. And yeah. And then eventually my the CEO of the company got on board, too, and like started helping me. Like everyone was oh. super supportive. Oh, how did you feel in that moment? You were only like a couple months in. This was your first job. You had just spent it was only so long like trying to find it. Yeah. yeah, I know. I I. That was the first job that gave me the confidence to realize, like, wow, you're actually like you're actually good at what you do and people value it. And you can probably do this again in another place. And when my boss just really, really empowered me and made me feel like I could go anywhere. And so she, she's like, yeah, we're going to find your job. It's going to be easy. Like and I, I was I was great. Um, yeah. Help me. They helped you get the interview for now. Where lively. Yes. Right? So um, someone that was consulting for Ringley was also consulting for Lively. And she was like, oh, your vibe is so this. You would be great at Lively. And and I was like, awesome. So she got me the interview. Okay, actually. sweet. All right. So yes. what was that interview process like then? Oh, that one was also another project that they had to give me to make sure that I could write well or like how I would... Um, like how I would write and kind of like what my voice was. Or So throughout that entire interview process, now with Lively... Yes. When did it click that like, all right, they like me, I like them, this is a good fit? Um, when I met with Michelle, our okay. CEO. So I first met with Allie, who's our director of marketing. And I just thought that she was really sweet and really, really nice and talked a lot about women empowerment, which I was all about that. The CEO of my last company was a woman. Um, and I just always have loved that. So um, I loved that pretty much the entire staff is women, which I thought was really amazing. Mm. Um, and, and I really, really liked Allie. So she was like, okay, when Michelle gets back from her business trip, you're going to meet with her. And I met with Michelle and I just was enamored. Like <laughs> I, she, she's just so confident and smart and, um, but also personable and, and yeah, totally swept up in that conversation. We just really hit it off and had a great conversation and she showed me around the office and I just, I liked the office environment and I left that interview feeling like I did a really great job and I made a great impression, but also just like really wanting the job. But I remember there was like halfway through the conversation with Michelle. I remember thinking to myself like, okay, I really hope that I'm, that I'm impressing her. Like I need to make sure I'm saying all the right things because I, I want this job. Like I knew immediately. So when I got it, I was super thrilled. A year into working at Lively, Erin was promoted with a new title and salary bump. Her title now is Marketing Associate, and she oversees two new platforms and manages relationships with outside digital agencies in addition to creative responsibilities mentioned in part one. That wraps up part two in the Lively Marketing Series. Huge thanks to Erin Hampton for sharing her wisdom throughout this Experience A Day in the Life series. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to part one in this series to experience a day in the life of a marketing assistant at Lively. 
So they say you can't get a job without experience, but need experience to get the job. But luckily, we have quite the experience. You can join our team and experience a day in the life of the jobs you want by applying to be a student editor. Regardless of your major or amount of experience, this is the perfect stepping stone into any internship or career. Find more info and sign up at xadiddle.com slash students. That's x-a-d-i-t-l dot com slash students. Thanks for listening. Head over to exadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at Xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bowe and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.